you know, um, when we get saved, something happens immediately, all right? When you say, Jesus, forgive me and come into my heart, I repent and turn to you for my salvation. I look to you as my Savior. Something happens instantly. It's called being born again. The Bible says your soul or your spirit man, because we are body and soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and your spirit, which is that eternal part of you, your spirit is immediately brought to life. Immediately. You are raised from the spiritual dead on the spot. All right? But your brain's got to do some catching up, and it's going to take your whole life. And it's called renewing the mind, the renewal of the mind. Now, a lot of Christians, a lot of churches are huge on getting people saved. We love getting people saved. Uh, we, we preach the gospel all the time. And I have made up my mind that no matter what I'm preaching or teaching, I'm going to slip the cross in there somewhere. Because we always need to hear about the cross. But here's the deal. A lot of the time, we don't tell people, the reason you're still failing, messing up, frustrated, not experiencing the joy of the Lord, not having victory in your life, is because we don't preach the necessity of a renewed mind. you got to have your mind renewed. So I'm going to read out of Romans 12, verse 2. And we're still on the series, Change Your Mind, Change Your Life. Can everybody say that with me? Change your mind, change your life. Do you believe that's true? Let's read Romans 12, verse 2. This is out of the Amplified. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. So total surrender. Okay? Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. What is a living and holy sacrifice? Your body. And everything with it. Your brain. Then he goes on. This is truly the way to worship him. It is a form of worship to practice total surrender. Verse 2. Here we go. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? So what's he dealing with here? He's dealing with our mind. Okay? So how are we transformed? When God changes the way we think. Think. Then you will learn when. When God has changed the way I think. Then I will learn to know God's will for me. And when I know his will, I'm going to find out it's good, and it's pleasing, and it's even perfect. Now, i got to read it to you out of another version, because this is one of the most read but overlooked uh, topics that I know of. So here we go. Don't change yourselves to be like the people of this world. Don't copy Hollywood. Don't copy the trendsetters. Don't copy the rap artists. Don't copy the famous of this world. Don't let them be your role model. But let God change you inside. How? With a new way of what? Thinking. Then you'll be able to understand and accept what God wants for you. You'll be able to know what is good and pleasing to him and what is perfect. This is good stuff. This is so important. 
right? Father, thank you for your word today. Bless it to our hearts. Give us a renewed mind. Help us, Lord, to begin like never before to pursue a renewed mind. And thank you for your word coming alive to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and preach. Change your mind, change your life. I don't often do series that are this long, but I'm, I'm going to go six weeks on this at least, and this is the fifth week, because I've learned. You can, you can preach something once, and they get it, but they don't get it, because repetition is the key to learning, and, and we need to learn this. Um, we've been talking several weeks now about the importance of changing your life by changing your mind. Now, when you receive Christ and your spirit is reborn, that brings a radical change right there. But as your mind is renewed, it affects your lifestyle, your behavior, how you live, how you act, how you talk, how you walk. The Bible says we are literally transformed. I'll talk about that word later in the message more closely. But by the renewing of our minds, we are transformed. By the renewing of our minds, by changing the way that we think. So God cares a whole lot about how we think and what we think about. He cares about what goes on between our two ears. Everybody in here today had a battle this week. There is not a soul in this sanctuary that did not battle the world, the flesh, and the devil this week if you're a child of God. And I can tell you that where the battle was waged, 98% of the time is in your mind. It's in the way you think. And as our minds are renewed, it produces what we've been calling a biblical world view. It's so important we have a biblical worldview, folks. It's so important. What's a worldview? Here, again, your worldview is like a lens. It's like a lens through which you see the world and everything in it. Your worldview is the way you look at life. It's the way you interpret what comes your way. A biblical worldview is about interpreting life through the lens of God's word and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Conversely, a worldly worldview is to interpret the world through the lens of worldly values and worldly beliefs. And one of my concerns as a pastor, and I'm reading all kinds of surveys and polls that have been taken of uh, professing Christians, is that we fully understand about how to get saved. Well, yeah, I believe in Jesus. And you ask people, well, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But when you look at their lifestyles, they're not walking and talking biblically. So you go, where's, where is the, where is the um, disconnect here? Where is it? Well, because we haven't renewed our mind. You can be as saved as the day is long and never get your mind renewed. But until we get our minds renewed, we're going to see the world through worldly values Worldly morals, worldly ethics, worldly everything. So that's why I urge you, don't let the worldly opinion leaders of our culture tell you how to live. Not Oprah, not Dr. Phil, not any of them. Unless they profess outspokenly a walk with Christ, don't, don't let them pressure you into the world's mold. Because we're not of the world. We're in it, but we're not of it. We're just passing through. This is a temporary hotel. And one day we are checking out. 
Our worldview can also be shaped by negative experiences, woundedness, trauma. Uh, There are people who see everything through the lens of a trauma they experienced. And it shapes their whole worldview. And sometimes we just got to let God go in and heal our inner man so that we can begin to see things through the lens of the Bible and not the lens of our pain. Whatever your worldview is, folks, here's why it's so important. It will be the filter through which you interpret all the major issues swimming around us today. Let me give you a few. Abortion. Transgenderism. How do you view it? When something like that comes at us, what filter is it run through? Do we listen to what the culture is telling us? ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSLSD, I mean MSNBC? Are are we letting the culture tell us how to interpret something like transgenderism? Are we letting the word be the filter through which we run these hot button issues? Homosexuality, same-sex marriage, the various world religions, dating, creation versus evolution. What filter, when we are approached with these things, these ideas, these concepts, these beliefs, these values, when we're confronted with them, what filter do we run them through where we make a final decision about what we believe is true or not? It should be run through the filter of the word of God every single time. So that I see every one of these issues through the lens of scripture, not my own feelings, my own emotions, my own wishes, or what the culture is telling me. No, I see it through the lens of the Bible. That's a biblical worldview. Your worldview is like a sifter that all the stimuli and all the messages that come your way on a daily basis are filtered through. You know, we've all seen the old uh, westerns where they're out looking for gold and they've got these, these gold pans and they're like sifters and they, they know there's gold in the ground so, so they get a shovel and they, and they dig and then they run, they, they pour into the sifter um, what they've gotten out of the ground and they begin shaking it and all of the dirt falls through but what's left is the gold your worldview, if it's biblical is like a sifter all the dirt goes through it but it doesn't hold on to it you only hang on to the gold of God's truth As a matter of fact, your Bible is like a great big sifting pan. Everything that comes my way, I let it go through the sifter of the Bible and I shake. And and, and the dirt falls through, but it keeps the gold for me. That's your worldview. That's your worldview. So there's nobody in this world that is my opinion leader. Nobody. My opinion leader is the Bible and Christ and anybody that follows both. That's my opinion leader. Now, a biblical worldview is developed only one way, and that is by the ongoing renewing of your mind. John Piper writes of the importance of a biblical worldview. He says, we are perfectly useless as Christ-exalting Christians if all we do is conform to the world around us. All right? If I'm conforming to the world, I'm useless as a Christian. 
if I look like the world, talk like the world, walk like the world, think like the world, how in the world am I going to impact the world? I never will. But as I get a renewed mind and I begin to see the world through God's eyes, I've got a whole different set of values and message that the world is not used to. And I stand out like a light. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. But listen to what Jesus said. If the salt loses its flavor, it is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden underfoot of men. How does the saltiness of a believer lose its flavor when you get like the world? You lose your flavor. You lose your savor. You lose your ability to influence. You know what I'm looking at right here? I'm looking at what God intends to be a room full of influencers for the kingdom of God. Influencers. Everybody say, I'm an influencer. You are. You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. That means you're an influencer for the kingdom of God. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father that is in heaven. No man lights a candle and puts it under a bushel, but on a, a lampstand. And it gives light to everybody that's in the house. We're supposed to stand out. And the key is a biblical worldview. The key is the renewing of the mind. The key is that we adopt the values and morals and ethics and beliefs of the Bible. I don't care what so-and-so out there says about anything if it's not in line with the word of God. Now, we've so far looked at four key beliefs, or we could say four gold nuggets that have stayed in the, in the sifter found in a biblical worldview. If you got a biblical worldview, these will be your beliefs. Ready? Jesus is the only way to heaven. Amen? Amen. He's the only way to heaven. I'm the way, truth, and life. If you've got a biblical worldview, there is no option. You're not getting there by Muhammad. You're not getting there by Buddha. You're not getting there by hugging a tree or being a good person. You're getting there by Jesus. Second, God made everything. Everything. Including you. And God don't make no junk. Amen? Third, God's word is the ultimate arbiter of all truth. I was just talking to you about that. Fourth, Satan and spiritual warfare are not illustrations uh, or symbols of evil, but they are real. And we're in a real battle for the souls of men and a real battle to fulfill God's will in our own life. We're fighting Satan every day. Now today I want to look at a fifth nugget, which is the belief that, the belief that, to be to effectively serve God and grow spiritually, my mind must be renewed. It's not optional. My mind must be renewed. It's the will of God that my mind be renewed. And I will never fully understand the will of God for me until my mind is renewed and I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind. It's very, very important. So, The mind of the believer, please hear me on this, is far more important than we realize. The Bible says this about your mind and my mind. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks, that's who he'll be. That's who he is. That's how he'll live. As a man thinks in his heart, That's what his lifestyle will be, as a man thinks. The daily battle in the the life of the believer for all of us here 
is a battle for the mind. It's for your mind. Not that you're going to lose it and go crazy, though some of us sometimes feel that way. But it's a battle for the mind in this way. Whether or not it's going to be renewed and controlled by God's truth. It's a battle for the mind. It's a battle for the mind. When Satan approached Eve in the first satanic attack against a human being in the Garden of Eden, he went straight for her thinking. Has God said? Are you sure God said? God didn't say that. You're not going to die. You believed a lie. He, he had her a, a war being waged in her thinking. He went for her thoughts. As a man thinks in his heart, that's who he is. All of life's experiences, good or bad, flow out of the choices that we make every single day. And you and I, all of us here together, are pretty much today the sum total of the choices we've made so far. And, and how do we make choices? They're the fruit of what we believe and what we think. We make choices based on what we believe, our values, our morals, our ethics, our, our belief system. We make our decisions, our choices, we, our actions flow out of our thoughts. Now notice he says, as a man thinks in his heart. What does he mean, a man thinks in his heart? I thought we thought with our mind. But this passage tells us what Jesus also taught. That man is pictured as, a, as thinking with his heart. Jesus said, out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. He didn't say out of the mind proceeds evil thoughts. He said out of the heart proceeds evil thinking. So the heart and the mind in the Bible are synonymous. They are the same. You cannot separate your heart and your actions from your mind and your thoughts. Here's a truth worth remembering. Your thoughts give birth to actions. Your actions birth your habits. Your habits form your character. And your character determines your destiny. I'm going to say that again because this shows us the importance of what we're thinking. Because what you're thinking is a seedbed of everything that flows out of your life. Your thoughts give birth to your actions every single time. Your actions birth your habits. Whatever you do long enough is going to become a habit. Good or bad. Your habits form your character. Who you become as a person. And who you become as a person, your character decides your destiny. Tell me what you're thinking about today and I'll tell you a few things about where you're going to be five years from now. Now I'll go back to our text, Romans 12 two. Paul is writing to people, I want you to note this, Paul is writing to people who have been saved quite a while. He's writing to Christians who have been saved a while. But he tells them, I want you to keep on having your mind renewed. And by the process of renewing, you are going to be transformed into the image of Christ. How many of you want to be like Jesus today? Amen? Well, <clears throat> it ain't ever going to happen. I intentionally said ain't. Bad English, good preaching. It ain't ever going to happen until up here changes. It's not going to happen because we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, the word transformed that Paul uses is used only one other time in all the Gospels. And it's when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain of transfiguration. 
It could just as easily be called the mountain of transformation because it's the same Greek word, either transformation or transfiguration. It's the same word. So it says, and he was, listen to the description of him, transfigured, transformed before them. Peter, James, and John are standing there. And Jesus is standing there by himself. They reach the top of the Mount of Transformation. And all of a sudden, something <laughs> indescribable goes down. Suddenly, in front of their eyes, Jesus begins to shine. Shine to the level that Matthew writes, like the sun. How bright is that? You can't look at it. It's too bright. It'll burn your eyes out if you look at the sun. Jesus, suddenly his face became like the sun. Helps us to understand the book of Revelation says you won't need the sun anymore because the glory of God on the son of God is going to be the light of that heavenly city. But, but think about, you know, let your sanctified imagination run with this just for a minute. Jesus is standing there, and all of a sudden, not only does his face begin to shine where you can't even look at him anymore, but his clothes become white as light. Total transformation. And then all of a sudden, there is Elijah and Moses. Moses representing the law, Elijah representing the prophets. And he's talking to them, and they're talking to him. Total transformation. That's the word used. Be renewed in the spirit, spirit of your mind. Be renewed. Be renewed by the renewing of your mind. And you will be transfigured, transformed in a radical way. Where people will say, you're not who I used to know. No, I'm sure not. Well, what happened? Well, I've been walking with Jesus. I've been walking with Jesus. And, and, and I've been in the word of God, and the word of God has been renewing my mind. And as my mind has been renewed, I've been getting some transformation going on. Because haven't you ever, haven't you ever noticed that there's some people you can look at them and they're just dark? Other people you can look at them and they're light. They're just light. They're, 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 their countenance just glows. Well, what is that? That's the transfiguration, the transformation that takes place when you know Jesus and walk with Jesus and your mind is renewed. So since God's will is for us to be transformed, what does transformed really mean? And what doesn't it mean? Well, let me tell you what, what it is. It, it's more than outer change. Transformation is more than outer change. Be not conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation in that verse is not just outer change. Transformation is not rehabilitation. Rehabilitation puts a new coat on a man. Transformation puts a new man in the coat. Come on, everybody. Transformation is not just a New Year's resolution where you say, well, I'm, I'm making some promises, I'm going to change. That's not transformation. Transformation is not a self-help program. It's not a self-improvement curriculum. It is not breaking some bad habits. Somebody that breaks some bad habits, good for you, hallelujah. 
But that's not transformation. That's not Bible transformation. That's not what it is. It's not doing your best to be a better person. I'm going to be a better person. I've made up my mind. I'm going to be a better person. Well, good for you. But that's not transformation. No, no. All of these things have to do with outward change without inward transformation. Bible transformation is a profound, blood-bought, spirit-wrought change from the inside out. Listen to what it says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. A new creation. That's radical. You are a brand new creation. One version puts it, you're a new species of being that has never been before. You are, you are a creation of God. You are now his workmanship. He has literally changed you, radically transformed you on the inside. So transformation happens on the inside and works its way out. While rehabilitation happens on the outside in hopes it will work its way in. Transformation is to be dynamically changed in your inner man. It is to be made completely new on the inside. My mother, she's 97 now. I mean, totally healthy. There's nothing wrong with her. A little bit of high blood pressure. She plays bridge all week. Her calendar rivals mine. She's 97. And to this day, I've been walking with God since I was, I got saved at 16, really walking tight since 18. And to this day, my little mother will say, I just can't believe it's you. I listen to you on the radio and I can't believe it's you, Jeffrey. (laughs) Yeah. She said, where where did you learn all this stuff? And I said, mother, I've been in the word my whole life. But even my own little mother, she said, God has just done a complete miracle with you. I tell all my friends what a miracle you are. I said, mother, you know who did it. It wasn't rehabilitation. It wasn't a New Year's resolution. It wasn't self-help. It was God helped this boy. Right? If you're watching, Mother, I love you. (laughs) Amen. The word that Paul uses for transform is the word we use for the metamorphosis of a butterfly. Same word. The change in the end is something totally different than what was there before. Think about a butterfly. What was it? A little caterpillar crawling on a whole bunch of legs just eating stuff. But when it spins itself into that cocoon... It becomes total liquid on the inside of that cocoon. And a miracle happens, metamorphosis. It undergoes a radical change. And when it when it gets to the place where it's ready to emerge, the cocoon is split open, and this totally different thing comes out. They can do this and take off and fly. Beautiful wings. A whole different life. No longer held to the ground. And when you get saved, you get the freedom to fly. Sin no longer has control over you. Satan is no longer your boss man. Now you've got a new savior, a new leader, a new guide, a new Messiah. 
and, and, and you're able to do things a caterpillar can never do. Somebody lost can never do. People say, I don't want to become a Christian. I won't be able to do anything. Oh, you're wrong. You'll be able to do things lost people can't even think about. Amen. So let me give you a couple of quick things about transformation and we'll close. How many of you are being blessed? You need this today. Come on, right? We need this today. We need to understand it's not all, it's not just transformation. It's not just a total, um, a, a total change on the inside. But transformation is a process. It's not just a one-time event. And this is where I want to head today. I want to really emphasize this. Listen to this verse, Ephesians 4, 23. You must continually, how often? Say it with me. Be made new in your hearts and where? In your thinking. How often? Continually. Listen to another version. Instead, let the Spirit continually renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Listen to the way this paraphrase puts it. Take on an entirely new way of life. A God-fashioned life. A life continually renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you continually. You're not going to get there overnight. You're not going to be like Jesus overnight. Hello. Now, how many of you ever wished that patience was a gift and not a fruit? The patience could just be dropped on you and all of a sudden you are Mr. or Mrs. Patient. How many of you ever wish that? But how many of you know that gifts are sown but fruit is grown? And, and, and when you're bearing fruit, the Bible says in the parable of the sower that the guy who brought forth fruit did it with patience. He brought forth fruit with patience. You got to be patient with yourself. You got to be patient with spiritual growth. Continually renew your mind every day. 2 Corinthians 3.18, the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are progressively, continually changed, transformed into his image from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians 4.16, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being continuously renewed. How often? Say it with me. Day by day. So transformation is a dynamic change, but it's also progressive. How many of you are glad you're a little more like Jesus than you were this time last year? Amen? You know how long it's going to take for you to get to be like Jesus? A lifetime. And even then, you're not going to fully be there. We're going to fully be there when we see him. Because when we see him, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. But again... How are you transformed like this? How does it happen? The renewing of your mind. Listen to what the Bible says about your thinking. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think, think, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Where are you going to find things that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, worthy of praise? Where are you going to find that? The Bible. Jesus said, praying for you and me, he said, Heavenly Father, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. So how are we renewed? 
and then transform by spending time in God's word. Psalms 119 verse 11. I have stored up your word in my heart, in my mind, that I might not sin against you. You get enough word in your mind, the devil comes to you and says, doesn't that look good? Or have you ever thought about trying that? Or uh, why not just have a little fun today and break out of this, these, this Christian stuff and party hardy with your office buddies? And when you're considering it, if you've been spending time in the word, verses jump into your brain. Don't run with the wicked. Don't run with the wrong crowd. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. The word jumps into your mind and protects you and your mind has been renewed. And I want to suggest in closing, the word of God may do more than just renew your thinking. Listen to this. Two doctors at the National Institute of Mental Health did an intriguing study asking subjects to perform a simple motor task, a finger tapping exercise just tapping their finger. And as the subjects tapped their finger, the doctors conducted an MRI to identify what part of the brain was being activated as they tapped. And the subjects then practiced the finger tapping uh, for four weeks. They did a daily exercise, just, just tapping their finger. At the end of the four week period, the brain scan was repeated, the MRI. And in every single solitary instance, it revealed the area of the brain involved in the tapping had expanded. A simple finger tapping exercise had literally recruited new nerve cells and rewired neuronal connections. You say, I don't know about that. Well, listen, we know for a fact that drugs like cocaine, meth, heroin, rewire the brain. We know they do. Alcohol rewires the brain. Pornography, they know, rewires the brain. So if bad things can rewire your brain, can't something incredibly good rewire your brain? Come on, everybody. Seriously. So is it possible that when we read God's word, we're engaged in spiritual tapping? And and recruiting new nerve cells and rewiring neuronal connections? I believe it is and I believe it does because memorizing the word of God healed my mind from what drugs did to me. I believe as we read the word, we're in a sense downloading a whole new operating system that reconfigures the mind, rewires the brain. So we can say, be renewed, be rewired. Our brains are rewired in alignment with the word of God and we develop the mind of Christ, a biblical worldview. We think his thoughts. So I'm not, I'm happy to tell you, I'm not just brainwashed, I'm rewired. I'm rewired. My thinking has been rewired. And I love rewiring it more every day. Wickwire rewires. So watch this. Stand with me, would you? That's why I call my new radio program Hardwired. 
Because hardwired means you connect two wires in a way they can never be broken again to carry power. And that's what God does when you and I get saved. We're hardwired to him. So the person with a biblical worldview, in closing, believes in and embraces the necessity of renewing their mind by daily spending time in God's word. For me, it's not an option. I need to be in his word every day. And I look forward to it. It releases a feel-good drug in my mind. It releases good endorphins. Just being in God's word builds my faith. I feel better afterwards. I feel more at peace. Amen. Say with me, the, the word of the Lord is perfecto in renewing the mind. Can we lift our hands to the Lord? Heavenly Father, this is Christianity, the way you meant for it to be lived, that we would every day spend time in your word. Let it rewire our thinking, renew our thought life. And Lord, by that, that we would be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Can we breathe an honest prayer and just say, Lord, help me to spend time in your word, to prioritize renewing my mind. Thank you for transforming me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we thank the Lord today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to be real transparent. I was walking into a store and there were some kids over here tatted up from head to toe, rings hanging off of everything, hair spiked up where they could have stuck you with it. And they were just hanging around. And I looked at them and said, huh. And I was thinking this, I'm being honest with you. Why don't you go get a job? Do something with your life. You know, me who was saved in jail. Here I'm thinking this way. When I was 16 years old. Long time ago. But I didn't make it to the doors that open up automatically. Before the Holy Spirit said, what are you doing? He said, you remember where you came from? Lord, I don't want to talk about that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. No, do you remember where you came from? And he said, look at the two by four that's in your eye. How are you going to ever help them if you're judging them for where they are when you used to be just as freaky looking in your own way? I had to repent right there. Now, what did that? The renewing of my mind. Because I'm supposed to see them through scripture, not fleshly judgmentalism. Okay, just an example. I love you in Christ. I know we need this. Next week, I'm going to talk about one more thing that has to do with a biblical worldview. And I hope that this has gotten us onto the track of taking it seriously and spending time in that mighty word of God. Father, bless the people of God as they go. Lord, shine on them and help all of us, all of us, myself included, to this week shine from the perspective of transformation 
into this dark and dying world. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You're an influencer. Go influence in Jesus' name. Amen.